quite worrying. Everyone in this room knew Heydrich's reputation. He'd observed the way they'd all kept him at a distance when they first came in, throwing him uneasy sideways glances as they'd milled about the hall before the meeting began, drinking coffee from delicate 18th-century Dresden cups, until Hitler entered through a side door on the stroke of two o'clock, and they all came to attention, raising their arms in salute. Heydrich knew the names these men of power and influence called him behind his back. Blonde Beast, Hangman, the Man with the Iron Heart. He knew how much they feared him, and with good reason. Back in Berlin, under lock and key at Gestapo headquarters, he had thick files on each and every one of them, recording every detail of their private lives in an ever-expanding archive of cross-referenced, colour-coded index cards that he'd worked tirelessly to assemble over the previous nine years. Some of them he'd even enticed into the high-class whorehouse he'd established on Giesebrechstrasse, with two-way mirrors and hidden microphones embedded in the walls. Within moments on any given day, he could summon to his desk photographs and sworn statements, letters, and even transcribed tape recordings of them spilling their sordid secrets to the girls he had specially recruited for the task. Facts and falsehoods, truth and lies, it didn't matter to Heydrich, so long as the information could be of use in controlling people, forcing them by any means available to do his and the Führer's will. Heydrich smiled, thinking how one word from him in Hitler's ear, and the highest and mightiest of these strutting commanders in their glittering uniforms could find themselves down on their hands and knees, naked, manacled to a damp concrete wall in the cellar prison located in the basement underneath his office at 8 Prince Albrechtstrasse. It amused him to have his victims cowering and screaming so close to where he worked, seated behind his magnificent 19th-century mahogany desk with an elaborately framed photograph of the Führer staring down at him from the oak-panelled wall opposite, ready to provide him with inspiration whenever he looked up from the stream of documents that required his constant attention every day. From the outset, when he first joined the party back in 1931, Heydrich had felt a sense of kinship with Hitler that he had never experienced with anyone else he'd met before or since. And for several years now, he had sensed that the Führer felt it too. Once, closeted together in the Führer's apartment on the upper floor of the Reich Chancellery in Berlin, where Heydrich had gone to brief Hitler in the aftermath of the Kristallnacht pogrom two years earlier, the Führer had held up his hand for silence and looked Heydrich in the eye. It was only for a moment or two, but it felt to Heydrich as if he were back in the church at Hall, where he had grown up, with the Catholic priest examining his soul. As a child he had turned away ashamed, but as a man he had met Hitler's gaze and felt as though the Führer were looking inside him, turning him inside out, searching for the truth of who he really was. And then, after a moment or two, Hitler had nodded, as if pleased with what he'd seen. We will go far together, you and I, the Führer had said. Heydrich remembered his exact words. Because you are a true believer, and because, like me, you have the will. The will is everything, Reinhardt. You know that, don't you? Afterward, they'd carried on talking about roundups and press releases and other administrative measures against the vermin Jews but the moment had stayed with Heydrich, vividly engraved on his memory as a life-changing moment. 
He admitted it to no one, but secretly he thought of himself as Hitler's heir, and the Third Reich, vast in size and purified in blood, as his own personal inheritance. Nowadays he looked forward to meetings with Hitler, almost like a lover awaiting his next tryst, and when he was in the Führer's presence he watched him intently, as if he were storing up every impression of his master in the filing cabinet of his mind, packing each one carefully away for later scrutiny when he was alone, back in Berlin. There was a power, a certainty, in Hitler, that drew Heydrich like a magnet. It always had. Even in the early days, when the National Socialist faithful had been so few, meeting in the back of smoke-filled beer cellars and conspiring together in the watches of the night, dreaming the impossible, Heydrich had known from the outset that Hitler was the one who could make the impossible come true.